Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. More stories you are not going to believe. And advice that you didn't know that you needed. Five stars. Five and a half stars. We're creating a legacy one call at a time. Here comes my daddy. Your problem is, is that you like me. <laughs> my dad is my hero. I'll always be there to take your call and you'll never be in too much trouble if your dad is around. Oh boy. Hey, hey, hey. I think I'm a pretty cool dude. Better call daddy. The safe space for controversy. This is your host, Rena Friedman Watts. No, this is your host, Celia Watts. More inspirational stories, more daddy drama, and more laughs. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. (laughs) The road to the fountain of youth is spending time with your children and grandchildren. Today, we have a very special pair, Craig Parks and his daughter, Nishama. They're going to sing some music and have some courage to fly on the Better Call Daddy show. Introducing Craig Parks. A funny, silly guy and very empathetic. Baruch Hashem. Okay. <laughs> How are you? My Miss Brucha. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> me too. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you sent me like the most amazing personalized message about having listened to the Oscar Stort interview and how cool that you listened to that and then felt compelled to reach out. Like that is every podcaster's dream to like mm-hmm. put out content that then makes somebody want to email you. First of all, the diversity of your guests is really cool. Like it's a really interesting array of, of guests that you have. And certainly, you know, working in the Jewish community and it's like, that was, it was a hard day and it's been a hard time since then. So the fact that you addressed it so openly was beautiful and I appreciate it on a lot of levels. Yeah, thank you. I've actually wanted, unfortunately, to cover more of those types of stories because they are continually happening. Yeah, I know. It's awful. Can we just like, can we just love one another? Like, is it that hard? Yeah. Have you ever experienced any scares? I don't know if you remember the Poway shootings. So I live in San Diego. The Poway shootings are just 40 minutes away from where I live and work. And I've been, you know, I've I've been out there and, but in terms of like the synagogue where I work at, thank God, no, like nothing, nothing direct, but it's, it's happening in, in local high schools, you know, like swastikas on just at our local high schools, just in the last couple of months. Like, so things are happening. Right. And as a synagogue professional, I'm, I'm taking like in the last couple of weeks since the Colleyville thing, I've taken two trainings on active shooters or active violence. Right. And to be prepared, to be trained, you know, if, and when these things happen, it's like, when I first started, you know, in the 90s, the synagogue I worked at, we didn't have a security guard, we didn't have a fence. It was a very different time. And it, it seems like it seems like things are getting worse. You know, the work that I do, I work with kids. I've worked professionally with children for 30 years because I think it's a compelling question to ask somebody, if you could change one thing in the world that you think would make a radical difference, what would it be? Well, let me ask you, Rena, like, what do you think? What would it be for you? If you could change one thing that would make a radical difference in the world, what, what would it be? Yeah, so I agree with you. I think being able to put good citizens into the world and starting in your own home is a tough enough job. And I really think that that radiates out. I would say that the legacy I'm trying to create even by doing this show is giving people a voice and a platform to be able to speak freely. Well, and you certainly are doing that. I I really appreciate it. So for me, the answer to that question is if every child grew up in a loving space, 
you know, free of abuse, free from addiction, free from the things that like perpetuate cycles of madness. You know, I think our world would look radically different. That's the work that I do is to, is to teach kids to own their own power, to be expressive, to do conflict resolution in healthy ways. These are, I think, really important skills for human beings to be able to go to one another and say, hey, this doesn't work for me. Can we work this out? I'm curious about, have you ever felt like your hands were tied and that you couldn't make a difference? God, that's a great question. I have at times, actually. And there have been situations where I think it's appropriate to leave. If you've tried to work things out, you've tried your healthiest, best communications, I think there are times where it's appropriate to to leave and go elsewhere and trust in the growth process for all parties involved when that happens. You know, I mean, that's certainly not the ideal. The ideal is that human beings can have breakthroughs with one another, you know, and and then get access to joy and connection. And I think that's why I've always been I think so much more drawn to working with kids and teens is because there seems to be less rigidity and more openness. If you can truly approach with an open heart, I think kids are really sensitive to that energy and they're they're much less guarded if they sense that the energy you come in with is one uh, that's very loving and peaceful. What age do you think that loving and peacefulness goes away? <laughs> So that that is a great question. I think it varies from from individual to individual, right? I mean, if you take a kid who is growing up in a, just a really really loving environment with with two very caring parents, and those parents are nurturing, they're they're giving their kids opportunities to try things, to fail, giving belief in them that when they fall down, that, hey, you can get yourself back up. I believe in you, right? And they build resilience and they build confidence. I think it doesn't have to be all that much of an intense process. And maybe and maybe everyone's going to have some sort of guard at, at some point. But you take a, even a three-year-old who's getting beaten or is living with an alcoholic parent um, or an abusive parent. I, I've seen kids as young as four and five I've worked with that you're like, okay, this isn't, this isn't right. Like there's something a little bit off here and what's going on, you know? And a lot of times you'll see with, with kids, you sense there's something not quite right. When you dig a little deeper, you almost, not always, I mean, sometimes there might be some neurological issues there too, right? Aside from those, a lot of times you find that there's something up that's a bit dysfunctional. So I couldn't say that it's just one particular age. I think it really is individual, you know? And I think that's what spurs a lot of my work is to try to create spaces where people can feel and experience the freedom to truly just be themselves, like free of judgment. Yeah, I love that. I totally resonate with that too. What was becoming a father like for you? Take me back to the beginning of that. (laughs) Okay. There's a story I really like to share. So when my wife was pregnant during that time, I was playing a lot of racquetball at the time at a local racquetball. There were these round robin tournaments where you just go and play with anybody. And there was this one guy I played with. I hadn't, didn't really know him. And I was just striking up conversation. I say to him, hey, I'm going to be a dad in a couple months. And he turns to me and says, listen, I want to tell you something that nobody told me. And I really wish, wish that they had. And I'm like, my ears perk up. I'm like, what, what is this? Like, <laughs> tell me, right? I was on the edge of my seat. He says, okay, when my kid was born, and then he asks, are you going to be at the birth? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to be at the birth. He says, okay, when my kid was born, my kid was purple. And nobody told me that my kid was going to be purple. And I freaked out. And and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that either. (laughs) I'm like, thank you for telling me. And so it turned out when my son was born, he came out purple. And then, you know, they did the whole like slapping thing. And and then all of a sudden he's crying. And then like he turned like regular color. And I was like, I was so grateful 
for that information, Rena. It's like, seriously. And, and the reason why I share that story is because I've been working with kids of all ages for 30 years now. And I've learned a lot through all the various work and, and having two kids of my own as well. I've learned so much about how to access joy and how to access connection and how to access freedom and empowering kids to be themselves that I feel like I could be like that dad in the racquetball center to other parents saying beyond just the purple thing, I can teach you how to use your voice and how to use your body. This is the instrument that we have to work with, right? How to use your affect for the effect. And I call my, my parenting method, the ADE parenting method, because if we get really conscious and intentional about well, what kind of relationship do we want? What kind of effect do we want? Then we could start understanding, well, how is our affect creating that or not creating it? Rather than just going into each day with, well, whatever happens, happens and not being that conscious about it. Our kids and our world, I think, really demand of us to, to be conscious in our parenting, to raise the best humans possible and for us to be the best humans possible so that we can live with joy and laughter and music and fun and, and peace. And when, and when peace doesn't arise, that we also have the tools to do conflict resolution that doesn't resort to, I just want to kill you. You know, it doesn't always have to go there. Do you ever feel like that? <laughs> I think we all feel that way, right? It's human. But I also know that it's important to go to people and, and say, hey, this, this isn't working for me. Can we work this out? You know, and be ready because somebody might say, well, this is just the way it is, you know, or they'll say, yeah, let's work it out. But that's so much better than just demonizing people. That's what I found. And I will tell you at the summer camp that I've created and directed two summer camps. I've been a camp director for 25 years for kindergarten through sixth graders, right? And the way I train my staff, you know, I train a staff of about 60 young adults every, every summer. And most of them now were campers at the camp that, that I run. And, you know, what I train them on is when their campers come to them and say, complain about other campers, so-and-so did this or this. I do not train my staff to say, well, you wait here, I'll take care of it. No, we actually, I train my staff to tell those campers, did you tell that person you weren't digging that, that you didn't like that? Or why do you think they were doing that? So we give them communication skills, even as kindergartners, you know, and then we follow up and we say, how did that go? What did you, what did you learn? And can you imagine if at the age of five and six and seven, you start realizing that, oh, I'm capable of communicating. I'm capable of using my voice for the sake of, of peace and for the sake of working things out. Yet I think traditionally a lot of educators and a lot of camp counselors and people who work with kids is when a kid comes and tattles, they're like, you know, and they think they think they're being helpful and to some degree they are, right? But but when we say to a kid, you wait here, I'll take care of it, or you wait here, I'll look into it. We're not doing this kid a service and having them feel their own power. It's so beautiful to watch, to see kids actually go and work out their own issues. And then we follow up, you know, we're like, how'd that go? And then they feel proud of themselves and we let them know, look at what you're capable of. I have a son and I have a daughter. And my son just turned 18. He's on the autism spectrum. And uh, that's been its own interesting journey. And I've got a seven and a half year old daughter. And I will be really, really candid with you here, Rena. And my daughter, I'm sure will listen to this podcast one day, me. I hope you won't be shocked, but I was actually scared to have a daughter because I've, I've worked with, with kids of all ages for all these years. And I just personally think that daughters probably take a good 10 years off of dad's lives, <laughs> you know, because 
I think it's a lot harder to be a girl and a woman in society around, because I've seen it, right? A lot of the teens I work with, the way girls are with girls, how how sinister they can be in terms of social ostracization, right? And behind the back kind of stuff. And and then certainly all the body image things, right? And the eating disorders. And then there's all the, the sexual harassment and stuff that, that girls deal with. And I always thought, thought, you know what? I'd rather be a dad to a boy and teach them to be respectful and help create a world where it's easier for girls to grow up now. But I just thought, wow, having a girl, my love is going to be just so great that I'm just going to be just horribly worried. So when I found out that we were having a girl, I took a deep breath. And I was like, okay, I am going to do everything I can to make sure that my daughter is owning every ounce of her power. If you went up to her, you know, this day and said, her name is Nishama. And I said, and you asked her, I said, Nishama, what, what are you? She would say, I'm powerful and creative, right? And so the, the, like, the first day she could talk, like she would, she would say, powerful and creative. Like she owned, and she didn't know what it meant back then. But as she's gotten older, we can elaborate on it. Like, look at you. You have the power to make people laugh using your creativity. You just created friendship. You, you know, there was an issue with that person and you just created peace where before there was a problem, you know, and letting her know, like, this is what it means to own your power, own your voice and, and to create, you know, I think kids really young could get these concepts of like, Hey, let's create a great world together. You know, and there was even a song that I wrote with a bunch of four and five-year-olds called share and be nice. Cause I just started with the question of hey, kids, how do we make our world better? Right. And their little hand shot up. I'm like, yes, yeah, you. And one little kid goes, share and i'm just strumming this chord i'm like oh my god can you imagine how great the world would be if we all just shared a little more right and then another kid goes be nice i'm like yeah is that so hard can we just be nice you know and then another kid raised around i'm like yeah what about you and i listen oh my gosh how deep is that right listen and another kid says, yeah listen to your friends i'm like okay I think we got a song here and we ended up writing the song that's become an anthem at a camp called Share and Be Nice. Um, oh my God, you've got to break out the guitar. Let's do What a great segue, Irina. <laughs> and there it is. There it is. All right. So this is called Share and Be Nice. And this was written with a bunch of four and five-year-old sage individuals. They were just the, the wisdom from these kids, like still blows my mind. And it goes like this. Share and be nice. Share all your toys. Share and be nice. Share all your toys. This is the repeat after me part, so get ready, Rena. Listen to your friends, listen to your friends, help the world to mend, help the world to mend, bring peace to our world, bring peace to our world, bring peace to our world, share and be nice, sing along everybody, let's get the world singing, share. Rena? Oh no! <laughs> listen, listen to your friends. You got this. Listen to your friends. Good. 
Help the world to mend. Help the world to mend. Yeah! Bring peace to our world. Better peace call daddy, yeah! World. Bring peace to our world. Oh, yeah! Bring peace to our world. Oh, my dad is going to love that. And there's the promo. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, how could kids fight over toys if you sing them that? Right. So the things that you can create with kids is incredible. And uh, the amount of fun, and this is, this is what I want to be teaching parents is there is so like, just like that, that guy in the racquetball center said, Hey, it turned purple. If I hadn't known that I would have like, it would have been a very terrible experience for me. Right. And it's like, I've got info that I want to teach parents. Like, Oh my gosh, you can have so much fun with your children, so much more than you can even imagine if you open up and understand that the way you use your voice and the way you use your body can mean all the difference if you bring intentionality to what you actually want to create in your relationship with your kid, right? So, you know, if you want to bring silliness, well, how do you bring silliness? If you want to bring calmness, how do you bring calmness in any given moment? If you want your kid to not be afraid of you, if that's something that's important to you, then how do you do that? And how do you do that while needing to set, set boundaries? Because every child really needs boundaries. So how do you do these things? And they're not always easy. And for those who haven't worked with kids for 30 years, may not have these skills or know it. And then I've written so much music with kids for my kids that actually talk to the parenting experience as well, that um, parents can use these songs with their young kids for for connection and for joy. This is what I want to do now. I've now that I've like done all this work for 30 years, I'm ready to kind of share it on a bigger level than just on this kind of local level that I've been doing through. On the Better Call Daddy show, baby. Well, there's certainly that. And Rena, this is why I really appreciate you having me on. And in fact, there was a song, if it's okay if I reveal this, that you Let's go. That you requested. So I want to I want to set this song up because for any parent that if your kid is like not really talking yet, they're like six months old or a year old, but if they eventually start talking, they're gonna learn a word. And when they learn this word, it'll become one of their favorites. Can you guess? It's my favorite. I no. know. <laughs> it's the word no. And when, you know, it's, that's why they call it the, the terrible twos. I never called them that, but because I, I really have loved every age. I'd say there haven't been challenges, but when my daughter especially learned that word no at two, to some degree still hasn't let go of it, but... <laughs> When mommy says no, you go to daddy. That's it. And you know, I can actually ask her to come and join me if you want her to sing it with me. I would absolutely love that. All right. Let me just, just like, ladies and gentlemen, here she is. Welcome to my presence. You are gorgeous, darling. Thank you. So this is Nishama. How old are you, Nishama? I'm seven and a half. Yes, you are. So oh my God. I want to text my daughter. <laughs> She would get a kick out of this. Let's see if I can get her to come in. So, so this amazing young lady, Nishama, has been such an incredible inspiration for my own creativity. I'm just so grateful for her. And the connection I have with you, my amazing daughter, is so, it's just, ah! okay. It's it's incredible. So when Nishama was around two years old, she discovered the word no. Ah! Okay, yes. And so, and look, it can get frustrating when your kid learns that word and, and that's kind of all there is, right? This is my daughter, Celia. Hey, Celia, how are you? Oh, hi, Celia. They are going hi, to sing. 
Hi, Celia. A special song about when she learned the word no, it became her favorite word. How old are you? 11. You're an, you're an old one. All right. Celia. <laughs> Celia, seven. listen, I know it's probably hopefully going to be a while till you become a parent, but when you do, you could use this song with your own children, okay? If your mom doesn't let you have candy, that's a mama meter and don't even listen. <laughs> hey, hey, come on now. All right, so here we go. This is a song called My Favorite Word is No. So instead of getting upset with the song, when she, when she would be defiant all the time, you know, I just ended up, Dad, I, I ended up creating this song and it made both can't of, see me. I can't I go in a position. Right. So it made, it made both of us laugh. It would make both of us laugh whenever we would do this song. So instead of getting frustrated with, with things, it just became a point of connection. And, and I think there's a lot of opportunities in our parenting where we can just have that, you know, we could have connection and laughter instead of frustration. Uh, so if we get, if we get creative, all right, so here we go. You're two years old, and I know, and you know, and they know, and we know, your favorite word is no. Your favorite word is no. You're two years old, and I know, and you know, and they know, and we know, your favorite word is no. Your favorite word is no. When I say yes, 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 you say no, no, no. I say no, 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 you say yes, yes, yes. When I say maybe, 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 you say yeah. no, because you're two years old, and I know, and you know, and they know, and we know, your favorite word is no, your favorite word is no, your favorite spice is oregano. your favorite mountain is a volcano. your favorite part of the alphabet is L-M-N-O, that spells Yes! I mean, yes, that it spells no, not that it spells. You're two years old, and I know, and you know, and they know, and we know. Your favorite word is no. Your favorite word is no. Your favorite instrument's the piano. It your, is. your favorite game is Dama. But I do like that game. Your favorite rock star is Ba. Oh, you too? Cause you're two years old, and I know, and you know, and they know, and we know, your favorite word is no. Your favorite word is no. Your favorite word is... Don't tell me. I... No! There you go. That was amazing. You seriously have a bright future, young lady. You are very talented. I the gift of pleasant. Dad always told me this, that you do you've heard. All right, what are you? Powerful and creative. There you go. And she's owned it, and she is. So thank you, Nishamala. Should we share with them about Parks Party Central? All right, so, when yeah, the, so, so what happened when the pandemic started? So Jonah started his own show. Jonah's my oldest son. Her brother but we had we had something before that but you and i when the pandemic hit i got really really bummed out and really sad and, and kind of depressed early on because i couldn't do what i love to do couldn't go to work couldn't be with the kids like the kids i work with and all that and i turned to my daughter here who was five at the time and i turned to her and i said hey would you like to do a show and she said yes yeah and i said all right let's do a variety show for families because during the pandemic people couldn't go anywhere we'll have music we'll have comedy we'll do activities parents could do with kids and it'll be interactive so whoever shows up live will we'll get to like interact in these games that we're doing and so like 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 do like do an example of happy and you know it 
Okay, well. Oh actually, my God, can we do a game? Yeah, let's yeah. do let's do what is Nishama saying. So, so this is a game that we do called What Is Nishama Saying? She'll whisper something in my in, she'll whisper something in my ear. You and Celia have to guess what she's actually saying. And then and then whoever gets it, I get to run around the room for you. Yeah, and we and you'll get a huge shout out, a Parks Party Central shout out. So Celia, if you get it, we're gonna be screaming your name, giving you a huge shout out. Now Rena, if you get it, we're gonna be shouting your name really loud. So that's the reward. Okay, so whisper something in my ear. It's pretty good. Okay, this is a, this is a silly thing. <laughs> Time to play! What is Nishama saying? Here we go! Okay, what is Nishama saying? Any guesses? No. You need to hear it again. Here we go. Yes. What? I'll say it as clear as I can. Okay, okay, what is Nishama saying? Here we go. Whoever says it first. Okay, any guesses there? The giraffe something? Yeah, the giraffe something. Okay, listen again. What is Nishama saying? The giraffe went up my nostrils. The giraffe went up your nostrils? Yeah! Celia! 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 She's running around the house! You got this park party central! Oh, woo! Whoa! Amazing! You could hear me. Okay, I'm totally getting old. I couldn't make out any of that. And that's how you play. What is Nishama? So we would do we'll do silly games like that and we'll do recipes. She does impersonations. I mean, it's a really it's just a ridiculous fun family variety show that I do on my Facebook live page. We've put three episodes up on YouTube, so if anybody's curious, they could they could see that. What's your favorite book? Or what's the story you've read lately? Phoebe the Unicorn. Oh, Phoebe the Unicorn. Yeah. No, Phoebe and her unicorn. Uh, okay. Phoebe. Oh my God. I'm going to send you a present because Celia wrote a kid's book during the pandemic. Are you serious? I'm writing one too. She's in the middle of writing one right now. Celia, that's, what is your book about? It's about a dolphin who is deaf and she, she likes singing and she also like couldn't talk for most of the book. And then she met this other dolphin named Isabel, and her name's Scarlet, by the way. And they become best friends and do like everything together. Something happens. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Did you illustrate it as well? Yeah. Oh my God. She that's... illustrated the inside illustrations and then the same person who did my podcast art did the cover that is so awesome wow what an accomplishment okay you want to say bye wait i want to tell you what my book is about okay yeah tell us about your book so mine is a, about a girl who's best her name is Raina. There's a girl named Raina in the book. That's the main character. Her mom, her best friend, Emmy, who's a little bit older and a little bit better at art. You're going to see that. They discover a red splotch, a mysterious red splotch in the Raina's mom's office. And so Raina feels like she has to call Emmy to tell her. So she comes over. And I already know it's going to be, though. It's going to be... The banter came by last week. He accidentally brought his red paint with him. You forgot to give the spoiler alert because you just gave away the... <laughs> <laughs> and then he accidentally brought it out. And then when he painted it, he was all done and was about to dry, but then he tripped over the red paint and that's what made the splotch. There you go. I love it. That's so cute. And she's doing all the illustrations herself. I'm and, really good. And, and I'm literally story. really good. This girl doesn't like that. That is so cute. <laughs> all right, Nishamla, thank you. I love you so much. I have two songs on Spotify right now, the banana song and the hand washing song. Um, We're trying to get to 40 minutes. And we have this joke with our audience on, uh, on Park Party Central that 
We're looking to get our Spotify streams on the hand washing song to 40 million. Uh, we're, Wait, what are we on? We're currently around like 35,000 streams. So we're, we're getting there. <laughs> so it's funny, I wrote this before the pandemic and then uh, Spotify put it on one of their editorial- I thought we were at 4,000. No, more than that. Spotify put it on one of their editorial playlists. So it, it got, it's like being heard all around the world. And um, because people want to motivate their kids to wash their hands and it's just, it's a fun song. And if you sing twice through, you wash it long enough and it teaches you how to wash your hands. So we're gonna do a pretty rocking, grooving hand washing song by Greg Parks. All right, I'm good. You can do the hand motions, okay? Start Parks Party Central. By the way, Nishamba wrote the theme song to Parks Party Central show. So before our first episode, she was five years old and she wrote the theme song. It's really, really, pretty amazing. So. All right, everybody, get your hands out. Celia, can I get you to see it? Can I see your two hands? Rihanna, let's see your two hands. All right, here we go. Get ready to rub, 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 rub the front. Rub, 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 rub the back. Rub, rub, rub the fingers in between. That's how we get our hands. Hey, 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 so please. Hey, let's sing it again. Woo! Rub, 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 rub the front. Rub, 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 rub the back. Rub, rub, rub the fingers in between. That's how we get our hands. Thank you so much for, for performing on the show. It was so awesome to have you. You are yeah. super talented and creative. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Rena. Well, I really, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if, if any parents are inspired, they want to learn more about how they can have an overly confident <laughs> kid and, and a beautiful connection, I'm happy to share this information. And I'm going to be setting up a, a digital course fairly soon that's going to be teaching the ADE parenting method so they can have the kind of connections that we all dream of when we're parents, you know, and, and when we think about like when our kids are older and they think back on their childhood, we're going to want them to look back with a lot of like great memories. And a lot of the things that, that, that we've done, I think lifts the mundane, the everyday into the memorable. Like even when, you know, when I used to give her baths, there was, there's the scrub in the tub song, which she, she knows. And we used to do this thing where I would take her, she'd be wrapped up in the towel. I'd be like, daddy, and Nishama, woo! woo! And, I, and I play right, and she's like, woo, right? And so, like, she'll always remember that. And bedtime, we have all these amazing bedtime rituals. We have ways to inspire our kids, uh, instead of nagging them to pick up uh, their clothes off the floor, we have, a, there's a, a way to get them to do it so that's connecting and fun. There's so many fun things where, where, where parents often are stressed, but there's ways to actually remove the stress and in its place, add joy and connection and fun. I love bath no matter what. So again, you guys can all get at least three episodes of Parks Party Central on YouTube. And if you wanna get hold of me and learn more about my parenting method and learn how to create lifelong happy memories, you can write me at craigparks at parentingharmony.com. And we've got so many songs and so many activities that are fun, they don't cost anything. I can even teach you how to have your own own show. Oh yeah, I'll take any tips there. Although I do include my kids in this show. That is so cool. I love it. All right, now here's a trick question, Celia. We're gonna see if you can get this. Celia, who's your all who's your all time favorite guest on Better Call Daddy? <laughs> Did you say me? Yes, that's correct. Ding 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 ding. Wow, Celia. That Wait, was is that awesome. because it's the only daddy one? 
No, no, it's it's you guys are actually the first daddy daughter duo on the Better Call Daddy Show. Yeah, Celia, who's your favorite daughter on the Better Call Daddy Show? She's probably gonna say herself. <laughs> Maybe you're you're a close second place there, Nashama. Oh, she said daddy, you. Yeah. Hey, you got it. You got it. There you go. Hey, you got it. I want to know what you do when you catch campers sneaking out at night. <laughs> well, lucky me, the camp I direct is a day camp. Oh. <laughs> I return the kids at the end of the day, except this one. What do you think about getting to go to your dad's camp? I'm not sure. <laughs> I love it. There you go. Actually, no, I don't like it. it. I don't like it. You don't like it? I love it. Mind blown. You know what? I do have another question too. Do you have any like fun customs that you have created for any of the Jewish holidays to make them more enjoyable? That's a whole nother podcast, don't you think, Rena? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, music. I look, I'm I'm really I'm a song leader and uh, in fact, I just got done with Have you ever heard of Song Leader Boot Camp? It's there like so many amazing Jewish leaders are there. We just it's every president's day weekend, so we just finished the conference today but like some of the most prominent jewish educators and leaders and song leaders are there like rick racked is i don't know if you know rick rick racked is he's amazing but he put together the whole conference and it, there's like like four 500 jews that are there it's incredible it's usually in person in st louis but it's been virtual the last couple of years but i you know music is really i think really a key to most of these i mean hanukkah is an easy one right i mean it's built in fun right there yeah dreidel and gelt come on i do have a whole children jewish children's cd oh cool um, as well so if anybody's interested in that they can write to me and uh or they can go to my i have i have a jewish website too for yeah give me the links to all of that i'll put all of that in the notes and is there anything that you would like to ask my dad oh yeah for your dad to tell you, like, out of all, I'm sure your dad is, like, ridiculously proud of you. But what I want to know is, like, out of all the things, like, what is, what is the, what's one thing that he is, like, really, really most proud of that maybe he's never expressed to you? That's my question. I like it. I like yeah. it. That's a deep question. Is there anything that you learned from your parents that you want to pass on? Yeah, you know, I, so my parents are, I'm so like amazingly blessed. They are both still alive. They are in their early 80s and they are both still really wildly in love with each other. And they both laugh together a lot. I learned from them kindness and to care and the importance of laughter and the importance of Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> so, you know, and being able to be playful and silly. My dad was actually, you know, it was a different generation where men was like, one of the ways they showed their love was like working really hard and providing for the family, right? And, and so I didn't get as much time with my dad as I would have liked to when I was a kid. And I, I think he feels the same way now looking back. But, Wait, um, but one of my greatest memories has to do around music with my dad. Like I remember being on his shoulders and him putting on like the Beatles and Elton John and the Who and dancing around the living room on my dad's shoulders and that stuck with me. And yeah, I wrote a song called Dancing on Daddy's Shoulders that when she was super crazy young, we used to do every day. It's like a do, 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 dancing on your daddy's shoulders. So and I'd, I'd have her on my shoulders, I'd hold her hand and we would dance and- We did, 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 You want to do, all right, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna try it. Let's oh my do gosh. it, that's the perfect, that's the perfect song to end out. Dancing oh on goodness. daddy's okay. shoulders. All right, let's see if we got this. Okay, let's see if we can, all right. Here we go. Do, 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 
dancing on your daddy's shoulders. Hey, hey! And then, oh, good, and playing drums on daddy's shoulders. All right. We're going to turn, turn, turn around. We're going to turn all the way around. We're going to turn around the other way. Turn that frown upside down. Dancing on your daddy's shoulders. Hey, hey, hey. Dancing on your daddy's shoulders. So there you go. That's the dancing. So there's so many songs like that that people can have available. They just got to get in touch with me and um, and we'll do it. And again, these are going to be lifelong memories for, for her and for me as well. And just so much joy we can have with our kids. It's so many moments that we could lift the mundane into the elevated memorable. That's a beautiful so, message. So that was about your dad. That song was inspired by him. So it was inspired when I thought about the fact that one of my childhood memories with my dad was actually being on his shoulders. I'm like, so when she was super, super young, I propped her up on my shoulders and I created that melody while she was actually just up on my shoulders. That's really sweet. I love that. Thank you so much. I loved having you guys both on and I'm going to put the baby to bed now. I hear him. (laughs) But thank you so much for having us on Better Call Daddy. What an honor to share this time with you. Yes, it has been so great to connect with you too. We'll have to do this again sometime. We'd love it. We'd love it. You guys have a great night and uh, we will connect soon. Thank you. Bye, Nishama. Now, let's switch it over to Grandpa. This was the uh, Craig and Nishama show. And of course, Nishama stands for for light. Isn't Nishama really the perfect light in her father's eyes? It was a beautiful father and daughter for the Better Call Daddy show, which is also run by a daughter and a father. So it was a a very nice tribute. And of course, you know what I love. I love the where he's trying to have and put life and fun and jokes and and taking things that sometimes are that we take too seriously and and making an adventure with music and with jokes and with fun, not to take ourselves so seriously and to enjoy our children as they're growing up. I think my favorite age for all my daughters was when they were five years old. I'd love to be five years old even now. As you know, it's just so refreshing and so pure at that age. You know, I I think it was a very pleasurable uh, interview that you had. And he's trying to reach out to people that have a good time with your children. And you don't have to spend money on your children. You need to spend time with your children. And you have to encourage your children and have them participate in what you're doing and you participate in what they're doing. That's really what makes a very special relationship. And he even used his own experience with his father that was just a a rare moment because he didn't spend as much time with his father that he would like, and he's trying to do that now with his children. And that uh, putting your daughter on your shoulder and making a, a jingle out of it, the right type of example of something that is so memorable that that he remembered with his father and is passing that type of fun and relationship that you should have with your children. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Bye.